Wait, is it really that time of year? There might not be snow, but grab some cheer. Join us on a journey of wonder and glee. A Christmas Closes, Godfellas, Season 3. everybody welcome to the third annual godfellas christmas special and we are going to bring back a segment that we did last year called christmas no goes but before we get into that we have to have to have to introduce our incredible guests mr brad kane and mr nielsen munn hello excited hey, to be everyone. here so brad you'll remember from um our our lauded uh, sister act episode and Neil for his incredible, incredible uh, takedown of the Beatles solo Christmas songs from last year. So uh, we have a very exciting segment tonight. And uh, Noah Heisinger from Secondhand Film Critics was going to be with us, but he couldn't make it. So we have his answers with us. He is in our in our hearts with us tonight. We are now going to do a segment. It's called Christmas No Go. So as much as we love Christmas uh, music, there are some songs that maybe we don't want to hear anymore. Um, and so everyone has made some selections and I will get the party started. And um, my first Christmas no-go, I felt this way for years and I've been waiting for years to say this on mic to whoever's listening. I cannot abide the 12 days of Christmas. Whenever it starts, yet like there's that kind of initial like, oh, da 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 but then it keeps going and like, I would say across the board, by the time you get to the eighth day, everyone is done with the song and there's still so much more. And the other thing too, I actually got mad thinking about this, like walking around my apartment, like I was upset. When you tell people you don't like 12 days of Christmas, but they always have to share with you like their version, like, no, yeah, you, you got to hear the Larry the Cable Guy version or like, no, you got to hear the Straight No Chaser version. Like, no, you, you got to hear this version. So. 12 days of Christmas, no thanks. We have one thing I learned from coming on this podcast a year ago is like, there's a constituency for every Christmas song, no matter how loathsome you think it might be. <laughs> so my rant against my personal Christmas bad object, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney, that brought the simply having a wonderful Christmas time defenders out of the woodwork in a way I wasn't expecting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you might be getting some aggressive vocal 12 days of Christmas stands like coming for you in the comments. So just I, watch out. I get a lot of aggressive stands coming from me. Hosting <laughs> You're probably this. used to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it. The 12 day, I will be one of those people who will give you my version. I, I agree with you for the most part, but I would say John Denver and the Muppets would be the acceptable version of that song. Um, hate on the Muppets, also, yeah. I'm going to say this, and I understand like there's meanings for every, all the different things, but if my true love gave me that many birds, there would be a divorce in our future. <laughs> because that's a lot, a lot of birds. 
mm. that get given in the 12 days of Christmas. Well, I remember during like Christmas, we would sing the song and someone would tell us like, this is how like the Catholic church used to spread the gospel or whatever. Yeah. And we would kind of go like, Oh great. Here we go. But then it came out however many years ago that that's not true. And I was like, yes. You will find people to ascribe meaning to anything. And then there's the people who are like the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas and go to epiphany. And it's not the 12 days before Christmas. And they're very particular about that too. Oh, oh boy. I, yeah. I remember like not the, I remember when I realized I didn't like that song. It was when I was standing next to my dad at a Christmas cantata. They started that song and he just let out a big groan. And I was like, Oh, what? Oh, I see what he means. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. So, uh, 12 days, 12 days of Christmas, you are off our Christmas list. Although uh, I will just say one final yeah. word. I'm not going to amount a full-throated defense of the 12 days of Christmas by any means, but I will say it has given us a wealth of cryptic symbolism <laughs> and memorable phrases. Mm-hmm. Like you, I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> I don't know what the partridge in a pear tree is about or the five golden rings or any of that, but I kind of commend it for like installing in the public consciousness all of these seemingly meaningless ad hoc phrases okay it's <laughs> no, it's giving it's lewis carroll i guess is what i would say and also the lovely phrasing of uh and then a word with an apostrophe at the end there's a lot of those like a swimming and a milking and a drumming so you know you gotta yeah. love that turn of phrase yeah. how else could you get um imagery and language like that alluded to you know in a family christmas movie like home alone you know yeah so maybe maybe i can be a little more grateful than i was ready to be for its place in history and we just never listen to it again <laughs> it's also a good time filler you know like if you've got a christmas concert you're like we need to stretch this out a few minutes all right well uh, brad what is your first christmas no-go um okay so i also i need to shout out a few people i i um we had our office christmas party today at the divisional headquarters in eastern pennsylvania and delaware and i asked to pose this question to a bunch of people so this answer comes from uh actually uh neil's your friend and mine david eric kelly was uh yes. brought this up to us and um i agree One with him. my and best buds he's a great guy so um this uh further proves that sometimes when we try to do good things we think we're doing good things. And then when we look back at it later, it's very, very cringe. So uh, the song I'm going to submit is uh, Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid from 1984. <laughs> I, le- I didn't know what song you were going to throw out, but I like that you basically framed that as like the banality of evil. <laughs> it's, it's the thing is like, so you you kind of like start to go through, and like the tune is catchy and it's cute, but you start to look through these lyrics and it's like, uh, you know, uh, and in our world of plenty, we can spread a uh, smile of joy, throw your arms around the world at Christmas time, but say a prayer, pray for the other ones. At Christmas time, it's hard when you're having fun. There's a world outside your window and it's a world of dread and fear where the only water flowing is the bitter sting of tears, you know? And you, wow. you get things like, and there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Oh, the, the greatest gift they'll get this year is life. Wow. And so the idea being yeah. like, the it's, it is, um, 
it, yeah, it's 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 um we all thought the Gal Gadot video of singing Imagine was cringe uh during the pandemic, but this looking at this song, like I love the idea behind it. I think it was done with the best of intentions, but I think this song needs to be like, thank you for your service. <laughs> we need to move on from this and kind of retire it. Yeah, because it's one that like it comes on, and I think I only know that one part that don't they know, <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is nice. When you put those lyrics in there, I'm like, hey, I'm trying to like open gifts yeah. with my family. Like, chill. You know, the greatest gift they'll know uh, this you'll get this year's life where nothing ever grows no rain nor river flows and you have like here's to you raise the glass for everyone spare a thought this yuletide for the deprived if the tables were turned would you survive and then the great lyric of you ain't gotta feel guilt just selfless give a little help to the helpless so like <laughs> i feel like you know, like once again not to defend the song but you're <laughs> you're definitely being sort of as un uncharitable as could possibly be by just like exposing the lyrics without sure. any musical adornment. <laughs> sure, but here's like, the thing. I mean, the thing is like, but the music's just making it pretty and gives it a feel to it. The set is still set, right? Like that's yes. it. So my thing with it is like, the music is great. The intention was great. And I think it did a great thing for its time, but the worldview that we have now in 2022 and how we talk about, you know, places other than just where we are. Cause even like the thing, even like there's no snow in Africa, how do you have Christmas without snow? It's like Australia has been doing it. This, you know, it's this whole thing called the Southern hemisphere. Right. So like, I think that, I think that was well-intentioned as it is, I think it's time to say, we love you. Great. We need to move on from this song. Mm. Oh, very powerful. Wow. I didn't know I cared about that. Until you brought it up. The, the analogy to the Gal Gadot Imagine video from spring 2020 is is a good comparison. It, it definitely has the same energy. Yeah. yeah. Listen, it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of do-gooders trying to do yeah. good and in doing good it's like uh, Yeah. So, shout out to, you know, all the the young British pop stars of the 80s and thank you for feeding people and raising money. <laughs> Well, speaking of feeding people and raising money, uh, Neil, <laughs> what is your first no-go? That's what I'm all about. So yeah. what a <laughs> obvious segue to my section. Well, you're so, half British, right? I am. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and obviously I don't take any offense at the attack on British culture. <laughs> that was just unloaded. But um, I, so as I mentioned, I kind of like already unloaded my like Christmas music angst last year going after uh, Sir Paul McCartney in a you know, notably unhinged rant <laughs> for for 10 minutes or so on this podcast. So I was kind of honestly scraping the bottom of the barrel to even come up with two that I felt that strongly toward. So I'm going to warn you guys now that mine are somewhat more conceptual in nature so there's, there's an element of cheating going on here but my first one is you're a mean one mr grinch whoa with the proviso that i'm not so much resisting the song itself i think the song is more or less fine and has its place but more the proliferation of Grinch culture, which is something I want to resist the normalization of. So just meaning, <laughs> I just feel like the Grinch brand has proliferated too much 
to the point where it's now like woven through the fabric of Christmas to a degree that I'm uncomfortable with. Mm. The Grinch is it the needs adversarial to adversarial be... nature of the Grinch to Christmas, or is it? Well, I'm fine with the adversarial nature, but I feel like that needs to be in its right place. It needs to be like a limited eccentric element. But so, when you have like yeah. new Grinch IP, like every other year, like uh, did we need a Benedict Cumberbatch Grinch I, I after we already got the Jim Carrey Grinch? Yes, because money. <laughs> that, that's what I So let me ask this question. So in the same vein, are you adverse to um, the Scroogeification of Christmas? Good question. Because I feel like that's wow. the same kind of, it's the same kind of energy. So like, I feel like if you're yeah, going to be yeah. one of those, you kind of have to be. Where there's a new, a new Christmas Carol revival. Every year. And, it's, yeah. but all, and also an adversary to Christmas. I think they're, they're similar characters in nature. Yeah. 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 I honestly don't really have a good answer to that. My initial response was to mount a defense by saying, oh, well, A Christmas Carol is Dickens. That's a literary classic. And, and British. So we don't want to take that down. Yeah, maybe it's me being being an Anglophile. But yeah, I don't want to throw that much shade at Dr. Seuss by comparison. It's If anything, I'm here to kind of defend the purity of Dr. Seuss's original vision. Like, it was fine when it was a children's book. It was fine when it was an animated TV special adaptation of the children's book. But I just feel like it's gotten out of hand. Mm. And I well, just I, felt like it was time someone said something. Well, and, I, and you know, I will say, Neil, you do make a good point. When I hear a Christmas song, I, I want to sing. Like, I want to sing along with the song. Yeah. And you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Now that I'm thinking about it, we all get, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. <laughs> like no one can remember all the lyrics no yeah, it's not the most it. singable song nor is it designed to be it has some memorable I mean, one line it's, it's basically a diss track <laughs> yeah it's a lot of like i wouldn't it, touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole you know and everybody who thinks they're a bass tries to sing it yeah. <laughs> and very rarely do you get someone who actually like can sing it the way it needs to be sung that's a good point. yeah well, well, then there's that version in the Jim Carrey movie, which is just Jim Carrey, like, unwell in the studio with no, which, listen, yeah. like, I understand with a with a talent like Jim Carrey, you don't want to leave time on the table, but someone <laughs> should have told him, like, let's settle down, a, like, a, li a yeah. little bit, like, pull and it back a little, Jim. These two things might be interrelated, because I feel like similar to how no one is saying no to Grinch IP lately. There was definitely a period in the 90s and early 2000s when no one was saying no to Jim Carrey. Oh, sure. Like, just sure. based on his performance in The Grinch and also as the Riddler in Batman Forever, <laughs> you just watch his performance. It's kind of fascinating yeah. in its own right because of that, but you're just like... Wow. You know, Joel Schumacher clearly did not tell him at any point, maybe rein it in a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's a good, I mean, <laughs> not at all. No. Which, to be clear, I'm not complaining about, but I'm just saying maybe we as a society should consider if there are limits to this kind of thing. Oh, yeah. there are. There yeah. are. Well, moving on, we have, <laughs> we have, <laughs> we have Noah's selection, which, uh, I actually not heard the song. Uh, it is entitled, I'm going to say this band name wrong because, again, I've never heard of them. Winter Wonderland by Eurythmics. Oh, Eurythmics. Eurythmics, yeah. Okay. Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. Oh, yeah. 
Annie Lennox. Once you said that, I got that. Uh, are you familiar with this version of Winter Wonderland? No. Well, I pulled it up for us to, to listen to a little bit of. But... This is a corner of Eurythmics's Irv that I so far have not encountered. Over the ground lies a mantle of white wow. A heaven of diamonds shine down through the night Two hearts are thrilling in spite of the chill and the weather wow. Love knows no season, love knows no climb Romance can blossom any old time here in the open, it's a very ominous synth line. Does it pay off? Stay it never resolves. <laughs> I'm, and I'm, I'm going to assume that the song just goes on as normal. But here's what Noah, uh, here's what Noah said to us. Imagine a ten-year-old Noah laying still in bed on a cold December night, too terrified to sleep. What was the source of this terror? You ask. Perhaps monsters under the bed, or the inevitable fact that, yes, we will all die one day. If you guessed either of those choices, you would be wrong. It was instead something much more frightening. The opening section to Winter Wonderland by Eurythmics. Not only is this the most scary segment of a Christmas song, it might be in the running for the most scary segment of any song, period. Even if the rest of the song was a masterpiece, which it's not. This intro is enough to land any song on the no-go list. A good Christmas song should inspire joy, good tidings, and a feeling of warmth, kind of like Brad was saying earlier. All this song makes me feel is a sense of impending doom. It, that is a very creepy choice. And, and for what? That arrangement, yeah. And for what reason? Yeah, I don't know if it gives the song kind of a sense of lift when it resolves into more of a traditional bouncy kind of pop style, yeah. but the juice is not worth the squeeze, so to so to speak. I don't know. <laughs> I I I applaud a big swing sometimes. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, I'd yeah. rather I'd rather them do something with it than just do the same arrangement that we've heard. Because the thing is about Winter Wonderland anyway, there's some wackadoo lyrics. Like if you look at like I'm a big lyric guy, of course, as you're realizing based on my do they know it's Christmas thing. Yeah, based on um, your just ruthless dissection of doing it. I will take it down. No, <laughs> um, but like in the song, they build a snowman, pretend he's the parson. And as and he asked them if they're gonna get like married. Like, it's a weird. They have a sham wedding song. officiated yeah, they by have a, a snowman. Wedding. So like, <laughs> so it's already and so like I think that what's kind of interesting about it is because that first that pre, like pre song over the the magic that whole section is a little bit could be ominous like it's a, it's a choice right it could be like hey there's a great snow bank or it's like hey there's a snow here and it's dark and we don't know what's over the hill maybe there's some light and we'll make a snowman who's to say so i i don't i, I get what he's saying and i don't disagree necessarily but i don't think that i'm kind of like sure they they tried something <laughs> the eurythmics kind of are a, their own little band and their own they you know yeah. they have a style they did it their way, you know, you know, I guess, I guess this isn't Burger King, but right. So like they had it their way and I'm fine. And I, I'm, I'm not mad at it. Uh, well, my next one, I think there might be sparks on this one, but you know what? I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> I want you to imagine you're sitting at, you know, a church event with children and you see a stage full of boys walk on with their little drums 
because they're about to do Little Drummer Boy. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Little Drummer Boy is a no go for me because um, it's it's a song. I never thought it was a real song as a kid. Like I thought it was a joke because I'd seen the Animaniacs short about the song. And then you find out not only is it a song, but it's one that like everybody, again, any band with kind of a drummer who is pretty good, they like to do their version of. And then when you get older, every time you go to like a concert, there's like, and now our drum line is going to do their version of Little Drummer Boy. And I, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can get down with a song that says rum-pum-pum-pum, rum-pum-pum-pum as many times as it does. So, I was just going to say, I, Brad, I want to hear you, like, <laughs> incisively destroy <laughs> Little this, Drummer Boy line by line. <laughs> this falls into the same category as Deck the Halls, where I go, did the, did the lyricist just, like, gave up for half the song and was like, I'm just, you know, going to put filler, filler sounds in and not really... Um, yeah, the Little Drum War is not one of my favorites. I think that at its best, it's the the Bing Crosby, David Bowie version. I think that's yeah. about as good as this material gets. Um, I also am just like, why are we adding more characters to the, the Nativity Jesus Christmas story that don't need to be there? I mean, it's cute. I guess it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a new spin on this moment. Fine. I, it's not one that I like. And it, it's one of those ones where, again, I feel like it goes on for a long time and no one actually knows the lyrics. So like, sure. I, it's not, it, yeah, it's, it's actually, I have a long list of ones where I'm like, I'm kind of checking off as we go and it's on my list. So it's like, it's a song that I really am not a huge fan of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'd say I can live with the Bing Crosby, David Bowie version. I know we're getting into versions, but like, yeah, yeah. as, as, a, as, a, as it's careful essence, with the version talk. <laughs> Listen, you know, the, the, the Virgin Mary. She had, okay. But it's the yeah, version that's coming to my mind is the Jars of Clay version, <laughs> which is is very like Little Drummer Boy, the way that you would imagine Jars of Clay doing it. Yes. And that one I do have some objection to, actually. Well, well so here's the other thing is, Brad, you were saying you're a lyric guy and you kind of hit on my thing. Imagine you are the Virgin Mary. You've just gotten baby Jesus to finally go to sleep. And now here comes this kid with his drum, like, hey, this is for him. Like, and if any of if any of you have ever been in a music camp or in a music programs and have had to teach drums to young boys, sticking that close to a rhythm that that's that's precise is not maybe gonna happen. Um, but like, listen, but it's one of those things, like I, I, it's that message of like, I didn't have a gift. So I just gave what I had. And it's very, you know, there's like, it's like the, the little kids, it's like the little match girl and the little drummer boy are like this cute little couple of like, I give what I have at Christmas time, you know? Hmm. So I don't know. Unfortunately, it's the song ends up yeah. being it's the thought that counts, kid. Thanks for your for your drum solo for the band. And that's kind of how I feel about the song. Like it, I sure, like it's the thought that counts, like thanks. It's it, I'd probably skip it if it came on my Spotify mix or something, but like, it's not, I'm, you know, I'm not going to start the campaign. I think there are bigger uh, problems in the Christmas uh, canon than the little drummer boy. But well, I like, uh, I like that, that we all, I feel like we all approach these songs differently. Whereas mine was I'm sitting out at like the Christmas Eve service. And, yeah. And, and now this is going to happen. Yes. I feel like Zach, yours have both been very much grounded in like lived scenarios. <laughs> you're very like, don't you hate it when you're stuck listening to the 12th? I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> it is elevated. 
Listen, I had a friend who got stuck on It's a Small World for three hours. So, like, I understand that vibe. Like, three hours? Uh, yeah. The boat, they're like, we were going to fix it. And they just were like, kept saying they're going to fix it. And it, they didn't. And he, they, and the song played for three hours. So, like, okay? I understand being stuck in a place where you don't want to be while listening to a song you don't want to listen to. Like, I get it. Um, and yeah, that would be like 12 Days of Christmas back to back with Little Drummer Boy is an energy that I don't need this Christmas. <laughs> Well, uh, Brad, what is your what is your uh, next selection? Hey, I got hmm, debating between a few. Ooh, yeah, I've got I've got um, I've got four well, next well, ones. <laughs> should we go with Noah's next, just in case? Yeah, let's do Noah's. Yeah, let's do Noah's next, just in case. So Noah's is "Baby, It's Cold Outside" featuring. Okay. Kelly Clarkson and John Legend. Honestly, pretty much regardless of the version, this is a safe play to to call this one out. Well, uh, well here was here was here was his thing. He maybe not, of, maybe not as safe as I thought. Well, I'm paraphrasing a little bit to kind of like get to the the meat of the story because we all know uh, you know the problematic elements. But he gets yes. into some choose to ignore the song completely, while others still listen to it in secrecy because yes, it is very fun to sing. One of the worst attempts at reckoning with this troubled tune has to be John Legend and Kelly Clarkson's 2019 rendition slash update slash virtue signal attempt gone wrong. It features Clarkson singing the traditional female part with Legend singing newly written certified nice guy responses. The song reeks of a desire to be seen as woke, desperate to be quote tweeted by white millennial women with captions such as yes, iconic, or John Legend just did that. It was meant to be a song you share on your Instagram story to show how progressive you are, even though you never have and never will listen to it. However, in some miraculous turn of events, even the white millennials didn't fall for this cheap attempt at relevancy. It was rejected from basically the moment it hit Spotify and never spoken of again. And that's the way I hope it stays. That's some wow. strong feelings. <laughs> Where do you start with that? I mean, you guys make a good point because every time I've heard someone try to like make the song okay, yeah. I'm like, no. I think that Michael Bublé and Adina Menzel did it best as far as like because it's they just the, it's a one lyric change, right? Because everyone has a problem with the say what's in the string line, right? Yeah. That's the one, and they change it to I think is say was that a wink? I think is the line they change it to, and it's cute, like it's fine. Do you guys just quick Brad story time? Do you know the story behind this song? I've heard a yeah. few, but tell the story. So Frank Lesser, who wrote Guys and Dolls and has seen business, wrote this song. And he and at these great Hollywood parties like Gene Kelly's house and all this kind of stuff, he and his wife would sing this song like that. He wrote this. It's and the parts are called Cat and Mouse, right? It's you know, it's the way it's written. So it was this kind of fun party trick, their parlor song that they would sing, right? Well, so the story goes that this producer appro approached Frank Lesser to buy the rights to the song to put it in his new movie. And he's like, well, I got to talk to my wife first because, you know, this is our thing. And she's like, I don't want you to do this. This is our thing. Don't sell the rights. So he sells the rights and the song goes in the movie and it wins best song at the Academy Awards. So wow. like kind of a jerk move, you know, kind of thing. Um, I don't. I I th I actually like this song. I think it's a fun little character piece. It's more of an acting piece. Like it's a, you take on a thing. It's not just like a song you sing, right? This kind of falls in the same category as like Santa Baby, where it's like these are character driven, yeah, almost musical theater numbers, right? And it's so, a persona. The it's singers, a persona. Yeah, 
this, you don't sing this with the same heartfelt intensity as like, oh, holy night, right? You know, like <laughs> a whole different moment. Yeah. Or, you know, and so my thing with this song is, first of all, it's not necessarily a Christmas song. It's like a winter song, right? Like it's yeah, it's yeah. kind of in that group of, of things. And also it's fun. It's not meant to be serious. I think that this is one of those moments where I think, as he's saying, our wokeness gets the better of us. And I think that like also the culture we live in, when we hear say what's in this drink, we think, uh, roofies or something like that when it's probably just uh, yeah pretty much alcohol in here or <laughs> yeah. you know it's like it's like you know as opposed to right but it's actually like the way the song i don't think that that wouldn't have been necessarily the intent of what it was at that time so i think that this is another song like kind of the opposite of do they know it's christmas where it's like eh, you know it was great that you know it's like we got pro-, you know kind of thing so i i think it's a fun i don't think it's as harmful or as bad as as people make it out to be but i also don't think it's it's not a heavyweight Christmas song. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a fun little thing. And where I think it's best used is if you're doing like a Christmas review of like music, like kind of things like that. I don't mind the song being there. Like when they did it on Glee, I thought it was very well done and it fit their moment and it was super cute, you know, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this as the, I don't see this as the problem. I think that it, that I think that that he's talking about there, but I do think that like us trying to overcorrect the lyrics is a thing. Like there was an SNL sketch with Jimmy Fallon. It was a Jimmy yeah. Fallon Cecil Strong where they did that was funny. Like because yeah. they were like kind of winking and nodding at the like this is a thing, right? Um, and it's also I've heard it like switched parts where it's like you know the traditionally like male part is sung by the female, vice versa, and it's interesting. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think this is the problem that it needs to be. But I also go like if you want to just say this isn't a Christmas song and just remove it from the Christmas canon, but just keep it as like a weird little musical theater piece, I'm fine with that too. Uh, Brad. It's me now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have the floor. Um, uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to, okay. So I am going to go, my, I don't know if you know this, my brother works in music recording and he actually had the, I'm going to call it privilege to work on the re-release of this song. Um, sometimes, you know, listen, I love a heartfelt song. I love a song that makes you feel things. I'll even go so far as to give you like a great Ray Bolt's nineties Christian song, give you feels. But when you take it to that level in a Christmas song, and then you add a CBS TV movie to it, you get the Christmas shoes. And I think that the Christmas shoes is just, it, it is, it's, it's kind of the worst of all of it, right? It's, it's very schmaltzy. The movie is not great. The stories are great. It's like this whole, like, you know, but like my mom's dying of cancer. But if I just give her these shoes to wear <laughs> when she dies, Tell every I'll have a great Christmas. I don't know. It's it does nothing for me other than make me go. Huh. I don't love it. I don't think it's a great song. I don't think any of the expanded universe of the of the Christmas shoes <laughs> is, you know, you know. It seems to be in the public imagination. It seems to be the go-to response to a prompt like this one. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's the Christmas song that we just need to jettison as a society? Yeah. And I think for good reason. Yeah. Like I, I think it's, I think it's a dummy answer and I think it's an easy punch. Like, I mean, talk about punching, you know, punching down, but I do think that like, it's, there are a few of these songs like and that maybe if we do honorable mentions the end or dishonorable mentions at the end, I can name a few, but like there was this genre in like the late nineties, early two thousands of like, we're going to write a Christmas movie. Right. And we're going to attach this like super schmaltzy Christmassy song to it and try to make it a thing. Like, I think like, 
you know, it's like, cause like, I think that after, you know, you had the blow up of the, the kind of the reissue of all I want for Christmas is you with love. Actually, everyone's like, we also need this too. Right. Yeah. So I think that, I think that sometimes, um, again, <laughs> well-intentioned things or like ways we can make money backfire. And I just think the Christmas shoes is, uh, do we need it? No, um, I think there are better songs that give you the Christmas feels in a <laughs> way rather than a manufactured way. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, I, yeah. And also, have you seen the movie? Well, Brad, I, I don't know if you know this. The first ever Godfellas Christmas special was all about Christmas shoes, the song and the movie. Which, <laughs> uh, Ed Milcrease had never heard the song before. So he did. A, if you listen to that episode, you yeah. will get his live reaction to the song which he was in horror and he like compared it to like a south park skit but like yeah real? yeah yeah i mean and, listen if you want to call that if you've already covered it i can give you another one <laughs> no 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 that's that's perfect because i want to say i didn't get to say this my favorite well my two favorite things is for a while there were people who were like but no this is like based on a true story and it's not and my other favorite thing is there's a video because i had to do a lot of research on christmas shoes there's a video of new song performing it and they have a children's choir singing the chorus and the children look like terrified because i'm sure that like some like kind of like choir director was like so guys i guess look happy but your mom is dying so enjoy kids yeah it'd be good if it was the same children's choir that sang another brick in the wall part two It, it gives me and the it's reason like I go, menacing Cockney accents. Neil, uh, you're going to round us out. What 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 else are we getting rid of? Yeah, so I thought it might be a funny, just throwaway gag line to make one of my no goes just a random song from the Salvation Army Carolers favorites, <laughs> and just be like, Polish Carol has got to go, you know, <laughs> or like Shepherd, shake off your drowsy sleep. I'm done with that song, but. I I mentioned earlier, um, mine were both somewhat conceptual in nature. Uh, This is really the the big offender in that regard. My second one is any carol played by me when I'm doing kettles. (laughs) Because I have a history of causing somewhat public offense, either actual offense or just like aesthetic offense when I come out of retirement as a brass musician once a year to play carols for three hours. I thought you were great the other year, Neil. Thank you. Did you, did you hear me? <laughs> you, were, you were playing with like a, like a quintet, I think. Oh, I did play at our core at our church. I played in the quintet on a Sunday that may have been having the, had the benefit of three hours of like getting back in shape. It, it really should, to anyone that's an instrumentalist, it should come as no shock whatsoever that not playing euphonium or trombone or whatever for a year and then trying to just get back on the horse is not going to be successful. Mm. Two incidents I'll spotlight, just as illustrations of what I'm saying, why why I'm basically imposing a self-no-go, um, is one time I tried playing Carol of the Bells. I had the solo cornet tune book with me or Carol's favorites with me. I did not realize that Carol of the Bells is like through composed so that latter parts of the melody line are picked up by lower brass parts. 
And if you're just playing the solo part, then you just play for like 127 bars. So something like 64 bars into that standing outside of Walmart in Maine, I suddenly realized like this is never going to resolve to like the actual remainder of the melody. Oh boy. Another time I was playing in Manhattan and I had been going for like two hours plus. I see a woman walking up toward me, um, clearly like about to engage me in conversation. And I was like readying my spirit for the affirmation. (laughs) I was like, tell me how I blessed you. Tell me how I made your (laughs) holiday season and how you had kind of forgotten the meaning of Christmas until you heard my tune, you know, from afar. Uh, And she comes up to me and she goes, "Are, are you planning to stop anytime soon? And it turned out that she lived in an apartment directly above where I was standing and had heard me like falteringly blowing out Oh Christmas Tree and whatnot for the last two hours. So (laughs) after that, I felt like it was only fair to do a little like self-censoring, you know? Sure, sure. The rare self-no-go. Starlight, star bright. First star I see tonight. I wish that Zach's audio would get better for me, and I hope he's joined by the mighty Dupree's. Fa-la-la-la-la, folks. We are continuing in the spirit of our Christmas special, and, uh... You know, Christmas time is here, and so are the Duprees. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mitchell and Olivia Dupree. <laughs> so, so uh, full disclosure, audience, we just finished watching the movie that we are going to talk about, which, of course, is Wish for Christmas, not a Wish for Christmas. <laughs> So here, first, here's why we watched it. A while ago, folks, if you heard um, our Catching Faith episode, we landed on, like, it wasn't that great, but it also wasn't that bad. So when I heard the director made a Christmas movie, I was like, I bet this is going to be, like, in keeping with Christmas shoes, the best Christmas pageant ever. Like, this will probably be on par was it? We'll we'll see in a second. So what we're going to do, Hannah's going to walk through the plot. And uh, it's funny. We just watched it. And I was like, I don't remember what happened in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so Hannah's going to walk us through the plot. And yes. then we'll, there'll be space for us to uh, make comments about the movie. But I'll ask what I always ask. Going in, uh, Dupree's, how were you feeling uh, about this? experience first of all i i thought we were watching richie rich's christmas wish so <laughs> i was very disappointed very disappointed, very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> not nearly enough um kid from seventh heaven in this movie <laughs> um you know all i heard was the premise which mm-hmm. anna's gonna give and that was enough to pique my interest at least yes. on how <laughs> christians could make that movie and try and sell it so i thought we were talking about the other made in 2016 wish for christmas ah wish for christmas <laughs> also by pure flicks also by pure also flicks. pure flicks property Ooh, which is better <laughs> oh. come back next year yeah. how much do you love the lord <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a shootout. i yeah. hope enough Th- this one i was like 
I don't know. I feel like it's it shouldn't be that hard to make a Christmas movie, right? It shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, you think right? this would be the wheelhouse for yeah. pure flicks, right? Like right, like easy, like we're trying to get the Christmas pageant done. It's like, hey, y'all been focusing too much on yourself. You forgot about the reason we're here. In fact, the one in the in the mangers turned into a stranger. Oh, like something there like that. Go. Like there yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, easy. Yeah. I wish you all would believe more. And I was like, okay, easy. Um Hannah, what is this? <laughs> well, as a basic, as a start, this movie follows Anna McLaren, um, who is a part of the town, the greater Boston area town's Christmas ball. Mm. And there comes a conflict when the Christmas ball is moved to Christmas Eve, but her parents, who are very religious, um, will probably want her to go to their church's Christmas Eve service instead of the Christmas ball. And so she makes a wish. And do you want me to tell the wish now? Yes. Tell the wish now, yes. please. Well, our teenage Anna McLaren wishes that her parents weren't Christians anymore. Mm. And, and her and wish Lord comes true. Abides. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, yes. So, so, yes, yes, yes. We start the movie in church. <laughs> and she's texting. <laughs> Typical, typical teenagers. Am I right? I don't know. I feel like at the because uh, yes, a hundred percent. Like you know, who doesn't before the service starts? But it was also before like the service had started. So I was. I'm kind of <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like whatever. Right. It, it it doesn't seem like that was the thing. Most of the issues in this movie, I was like, it doesn't seem like a big deal to me. But right. okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like it felt like the movie was very much taking aim at like hashtags and mm. like kids on phones. And, like yeah. these are problems the church needs to be addressing. And I'm like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yep. What happens next, Anna? We see we see um Anna's parents. Uh I don't even know if we know their names. Mom and Dad. Mom. No, no, no. It's I I don't remember. Mom and Dad McLaren. They Nick, are, Nick is in there somewhere, right? They are lawyers. Joey Lawrence and, and a woman. And, oh, gosh. Yes. Lee Baker. Lee something Baker. Sure. Um, and they are lawyers, and they do they do pro bono work to help with bringing, bringing light to the law. Um, and someone <laughs> approaches them about, uh, you know, putting themselves first and, and really, really trying to make more money off of their, their opportunities. And they say, no, we don't do that. We don't do that because it's all for the cause. Here was my biggest issue. This was already handled better on another Christian TV show about a Catholic superhero called Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Watch that instead. And, yeah. and Daredevil at least pretends like that he has to tough it out in a in an apartment no one else wants. Like this mm. show is like we can ignore money and, and live in a mansion, a huge yeah. house. That half of the shots in this movie are going to be of this house. Yeah, that was oh my gosh. thirty minutes yeah. at least mm -hmm. of just establishing shots of the house. Yes, every time they went in, they were like, "And show the house one more time." Yeah, but one, the way they refused the guy too, they like spat on him. They're like, "Money, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, some random guy from their church, which it's funny at church today, uh, when I was getting my bagel, I heard overheard like this lady saying to one of the other members, you're in real estate, right? Because I'm trying to sell my apartment. And I was like, Oh, this movie, this movie gets it. This movie gets it. <laughs> this is where the wheeling and dealing is done. It's supposed to be a house of prayer, but look what we've turned it into. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So her parents are lawyers and they have the worst assistant ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, but like the assistant. Rebecca, she goes to the church with them. She wrote the screenplay for the movie. She rear ends someone at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. yeah yeah let's let's pause she shows up she's like i rear-ended someone on my way to work today but i'm fine and then they're like well we can replace the car but not you it's like wouldn't you be like it, are you in trouble like you rear-ended someone like what are we, we no are one asked or... how the other person was by the way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. are they okay <laughs> oh no <laughs> but yeah. i'm fine it's a weird office environment they've created where it's like then they're like, well, why don't I drive you? And I'll, we can hang out and yeah. go to Bible study and get coffee. Yeah. And I'm like, you're my boss. Like, I don't want to do any of that. That's okay. You know, I'll you get know, Uber. And considering <laughs> like, like, cause I'm not, I'm, I, I, I'm more observing like the Christian culture. I feel like the movie sets up, like that's the yes. culture that they live in. I'm surprised that the dad would be like, well, I will drive you. Yeah. Like, yeah. That like I feel like they're kind of in the environment where they would be like, well, she will drive you because she's a woman and I cannot be alone with you. Well, they linger yeah. for a second in the beginning when we we're first introduced to the secretary. Joey Lawrence kind of leans over <laughs> and like he's feeling a little self conscious about his Donald Trump tie, and he <laughs> yeah. leans over to his secretary and says, "Uh, what do you think of this tie?" And she's like, "Uh, I like it. It's fine, but mm-hmm. it's a weird." Pregnant it's pause flirty. between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is flirty. That's why yeah. one of the rules on the office board of etiquette is put your marriage first. Yeah. 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 Stay faithful in marriage. Mm-hmm. Stay faithful in marriage. <laughs> there are office rules. Interesting. You have to say it if it has to be a rule. It's like they had to fire another employee because huh. Mr. Dad got a little too excitable. Mm. Mm. Maybe mm-hmm. it's an office of three. There's no HR department here. Well, well, speaking of three, though, Anna has her little posse of the plastics at her school, which like um, they're the worst They're the, And like, I get it. Here's the, now, here's them. the thing I'm thinking about, school. though, like th- these three girls are like they're terrible, but it's not like in Mean Girls where they have like three distinct personalities. Right. And yes. you at least understand why Gretchen Wieners. Uh, no, no, no. What Regina George would attract people to like herself this one i was like and also no one else seemed to really care about them you know yeah yeah Yeah. they're just mean for mean's sake it didn't make sense yeah which is interesting though because it feels like the main character like she is kind of bullying she's definitely like the head dog right like she's like kind of bullying them a little bit and then they're just kind of like going with it like yeah and they're like bullies by proxy almost yes. <laughs> yeah girl uh-huh. like and they play like this weird trick well well so like they were the ones who like asked anna's boyfriend to ask her to the ball but like he had to get her one red rose and then he doesn't get he gets her a pink carnation and then from that like she's so mad that they're like let's bully this other girl mm. yeah yeah and it's no and it doesn't not- come up again and which is <laughs> fine but like 
not to not to play script doctor here, but this is one I was like, if they called me and were like, Zach, this is the movie that we're making, deal with it, but we want you to change some of the elements. I talked about this in the fireproof episode. Um, about in screenwriting and maybe just in normal writing, there is a term called save the cat, which is if your main hero has to do unlikable things, you need to have a scene where like they save a cat out of the tree. They do something nice. And so again, I'm like, okay, easy fix. You make, you make Anna like second in command. And it's more a movie about peer pressure. Her friends are pressuring her into doing bad things. That's why she's at odds with her parents. That's why she wishes her salvation away. Because then at least, like, we have a character who's somewhat conflicted about what they want. And it makes the movie more interesting. Whereas Anna is just an unlikable character from the beginning. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to spend time with her. I don't want to see the journey she goes on. And she's our main character. Yeah. Yeah. Buckle up. The whole script is bad. 85 85 minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, after we see her... What was the inciting incident for her wishing her parents up? Like, what was the... Is the winter ball the last straw? Yeah, so she literally prays. She says, I'll pray for dinner. Dear Lord, bless this food. And please let my parents let me go to the Christmas Eve ball. And then they're like, well, that was weird. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're praying but yeah. amen and then she's like how could you and then literally storms out flops on her bed and then like this is also after she was wearing an outfit they said she couldn't wear because it showed her shoulders yeah, yeah. and there was something like they they lit up like the the um the christmas lights on their office building and she was like mad that she had to drive them home and she wants a convertible and she (laughs) couldn't get money for starbucks and there was like just all these by the way the way that hannah is explaining the things in the movie it is the movie is very by the way by the by the way yes 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 yes, yes. there's no but therefore in the storytelling it's all and then and then and then yeah yes so (laughs) well and i i wanted to say the you made like the town event on Christmas Eve, and like I'm sorry, mm-hmm. you know what I want to do on Christmas Eve? I want to get in my PJs yes. and like hang out with my family, drink hot cocoa. I don't want to go dancing. Maybe earlier in the week, sure, but mm, no. Well, no. also, oh, we totally skipped over the Bill Engvall. Eng- What's his oh, name? B- oh, Bill the Engvall angle. Ooh, uh- <laughs> that's my new podcast. <laughs> Um, where she he's standing for um, I don't know some some organization that you know has a tin for salvation and I think they're an army of people that fight for good um, you know those people uh, yeah yeah <laughs> nothing we're really familiar with at all no, um, no. <laughs> he's wearing half a Santa suit yeah, yeah. and it's and just she, a silver bucket yeah yeah and she throws her um, leftover polar seltzer can. Um, and he gets mad at her for doing that. And she's like, it's worth five cents. And he's like, I have to go drive to the place. And, and the guy's mean. And then later we see that the dad drops a hundred dollar bill in there again. Where does he get this money? Like they have two cars in that household. And when I tell you that this house is a mansion. Yeah. 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 Well, again, again, to go back to the can thing screenwriters but then that has to pay off later when she brings him like here's all the cans from our school here's all the like not listen not to incite christmas shoes rules 
But when we watched Christmas shoes and there's a scene where the kid's like, I want money to get my mom's shoes. And the guy's like, here's all, I don't have any money. Here's all the cans I've been collecting for years and years and years. Enjoy. Like, I can't believe I'm saying that, but Christmas shoes does it better. These people. <laughs> it's Chekhov's can. <laughs> Got to pay it off. <laughs> Got to pay it forward. Don't you know? There you go. There you go. Hmm. So her wish comes true. <laughs> but and it's she, not that her parents never believed. It's just they woke up and now they don't. Yeah. Yes. And let's pause real quick. She doesn't make the wish. Hey, I wish I could go to the Christmas ball. Yeah. She, hey, she, I wish that the ball was on a different day. Yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. The wish she makes is, hey, take my parents' faith from them. Please, God, <laughs> harden their hearts. <laughs> harden their hearts. <laughs> Is take it wish. away <laughs> take 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 and, it all <laughs> and yahweh says yes for you <laughs> ask and you shall receive right yeah and well and then they wake up and instead of the nativity there's santa and in- santa <laughs> yeah, yeah santa the light of the star has mm-hmm. gone out yes, yes it has. <laughs> That's right. yeah and the, again the next problem her parents go from being like very self-righteous and like no 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 we don't care about what you want to becoming like the best parents ever they're asking her her about her days her interests like hey hun would you like to go shopping later (laughs) we'll give you money for starbucks yeah 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 yeah. i was almost like oh is the movie saying hey salvation's not for everyone some some people are better without it it's not like they're just giving her everything they want and they become these like pushover parents they're like Hey, actually, here, buy yourself a coffee on the way to school. Yeah. It's yeah. not like everything now we will get, you know, like, hey, do you want, actually, I'll go shopping with you. That sounds fun. Yeah. You it know? feels like the movie wants me to think it's evil right. for her to get Starbucks money, but they're loaded. I'm like, but sure, Mitch, I mean, how I many, Mitch, how many of those like winter jams have you been to where someone's like, all right, who here gets Starbucks every day? That could be, oh, yeah, that could be yeah, money sure. towards a child. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. know how evangelical christianity feels about starbucks and its war on christmas so yeah that's true only red cups this year not on my watch (laughs) well and one of the first very evil things the parents do is they make their employees say merry instead of merry christmas she has to say happy holidays holidays. goodness gracious saying happy holidays is such a sin it's such a horrible horrible thing to say it's not xmas they xed out christ's name in christmas yeah 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 i you know what in case it needs to be said, people, there's no war on Christmas. I literally went to I literally went to Radio <laughs> City Rockets show the other day, and they had a live nativity. You want to tell me there's yeah. a war on Christmas? Yeah. You want right. to tell me Christians every are day they have that? Right. Yes, every day they bring the no, <laughs> and it's not like that show is just skating by either. It's like, no, and you know how many amens year. I heard from that yeah. crowd? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, well, again, I was going to say, Hannah and I go to the movie theater by us, and like it's usually pretty crowded. Do you know when we had a sold out theater? It was when the first two episodes of The Chosen dropped. Like, yeah. there was like, calm down. I think Christmas is doing all right. It is yeah. doing okay. I think it's yeah. going to make it. It's going to make it. Christmas is going <laughs> to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Is it going to make it for Anna, though? I don't remember what comes next. <laughs> well, I so really next, don't. next, she's like getting everything she wants. But again, like 
her life in some way has to like, there has to be to, to call out our friends podcast. There has to be another side of the coin where it's like, she's getting everything she wants, but now her parents are working more and like, they're not at home. You know what I mean? Like, or the trade-off is like her parents were willing to go shopping and hang out earlier. And now it's like, we don't have time. We have to do our lawyer stuff. So that's, mm-hmm. I mean, problem number two, her life just gets better. And I don't know. And I it's don't almost know. like if her parents had an, had an, an assistant who was capable. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. have as much work to be done here. I'm curious. Cause we didn't talk about this when we watched the movie, but there's a scene where they forgot to cancel Bible study at their house and everyone comes over and the lady's like, Oh, I have like my kid. Cause I couldn't get a sitter. And earlier in the movie, they say the line after the rear ending incident, they say to the lady who rear ends the other one, we can, the car can be replaced. We can't replace you. And then her kid is running through the house and like breaks a vase. And the mom immediately is like, Oh honey, it's just that you're okay. We, we can replace the vase. We can't replace you. And I was like, listen, I feel like my parents first and foremost would be like, are you okay? Yeah. We told you not to run in the house. You, yes. you know, like there's no, yes. there is no consequence. Yeah. And I was thinking about that for Anna too. Like in the movie, there's no consequences for when she's not obeying her parents also. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, sneak out and don't go to church. What are they going to do? Like, it's something you would say to someone when they broke their own property, right? Like, yes. or like when, yeah. you know, something happens to their property. Not when my kid just broke your expensive thing. Well, and she yeah. also says, we can replace the vase. We can't. Pre- like, who's we? Yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. then yeah. the mom, we're supposed to think that the mom is a bad person because the mom goes, oh, that was a pretty expensive vase. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the kid wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Bible study. And There's then a the mom says, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We'll send you the bill. And there's like this, like, look of disgust and we're supposed to hate the mom in that moment i'm like a little jerky like maybe not the most gracious but like respect my property please yeah you know yeah Yeah, you're you're telling you're showing me in your response to your child that you don't care about my property right Right. and you're not welcome over here anymore you know (laughs) well i hate to sound so callous but it's also this is why we didn't want kids in the house right kids can hang out at chuck e cheese not here. Not at the McLaren household. <laughs> that's right. That's well, right. we haven't even well, we haven't even talked about boyfriend really, Hannah. Oh, yeah, what's, oh gosh, boring boyfriend. Wait, by the way, boyfriend's dad is like a ho ho, oh, Mr. McLaren. <laughs> oh, I think uh, I might need some legal help. You see, six months ago, I got a note saying my house is being foreclosed on. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I think now's the time to do something. <laughs> now is the time. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, um. Okay, and they're looking at at all this stuff, and it's very much like, oh, you have to be out of there by tomorrow. Oh, but see, now that they're not Christians, they're on the side of the bank, and they're helping kick boyfriend's family out of their own house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I feel bad okay. for him. Yeah, but his response kind of, <laughs> you know, did the deal, right? Like that's on you. Yeah, this is something you bring up right away. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Uh... I, I don't know. I don't even know what the conversations between the boyfriend and girlfriend are like. Like what, they're not. They talk about stars yeah. for like ten minutes. Well, yeah, he. Yeah. They have Multiple a scene times. that they're gonna play in youth group for when they're like telling kids, like you know, I know a lot of you are going to school and everyone's talking evolution, but here's your answer. And then they yeah. play the clip of him like describing like how, how stars, starlight <laughs> how starlight works, and that's God. And I'm like, 
you know, there, and I don't want to knock it too much because there are people who like relate their spirituality to like, you know, basis and science, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I study science and as a result, it makes me appreciate God and his creation more. And that's beautiful and that's valid. But the movie, that's not, what it's not about it. Doesn't it really yeah. believe in science though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, uh, you know, Anna and her mom, they skip church to get her a dress for, um, for the Christmas ball. They even one day say you're going to get a convertible. Like, well, they go to get her a, a navel piercing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh. even for Anna God, yeah. a hole in my body. I would have been born with it. Oh yeah. Did we see if any of them had earrings? I need to find a picture. No, I looked, I was looking. Sm- they good. didn't have any earrings in. All right. Continuity yeah. there. But, but, but yeah. their navels, we don't, we don't, know. We don't know. Yeah, it's it's. And well, then she goes to her uncle Luke. Paul. Paul Luke is the dad. Uh, the yeah. worst. The worst pastor. Yeah, where I was like, she'll show up and be like, "Here's my problems," and he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm having a great day. Thanks for yeah, asking. Thanks for and asking." He, he looks like Diet Schmidt from New Girl, also. Uh, <laughs> but like, there's this scene where she's like, "What if God gave you?" something you wanted but it was a bad thing and then he starts like mansplaining how mary was 13 years old she didn't want to be <laughs> as pregnant. old as my daughter right there as old as my daughter <laughs> yeah. right now she didn't want to be pregnant as a matter of fact and like starts going into all of this like extra biblical yeah like i'm guessing that it, and it's like i don't know i feel like you'd say what are you talking about like yes. tell right. me specifically is everything okay? what, not to mention he's not only her pastor he's her uncle too. yeah so like, yeah What's going so, on? So, yeah. I, I feel like he'd be like, why don't you tell me what's happening? And she goes, I made my family's salvation disappear. <laughs> Wahoo! <laughs> <laughs> but oh, is that when we find out that Bill Engvall is not a a soldier in the army of salvation, but that he is instead a thief? Thief. Oh she well, she, yeah, she sees him pocket some of the money. Yes. Yeah, and she starts calling him out, and he's like, "Hey, you're rich. Leave me alone." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like, also calls her princess the whole movie, and yeah. Bill Engvall is a grody-looking old man in this movie, and, he, and he's talking to like a, a presumably a seventeen-year-old. What happens next, Anna? It's hard to remember, isn't it? It's so there's so much fluff. Yeah, like yes, it was. I I don't even know. I mean, it's um, all like, and then it's like, oh, it's well, the repeating. friends, the friends. Oh. There's a lot of there's a lot of drama with the friends because like Anna's just like mean, so rude, like so yeah. mean for no yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. And then the girls are like fighting back, and like there's like tr- trouble finding a theme, and instead of like Santa at the North Pole, which like fits for Christmas, it's gonna be like royalty, which okay. Um, a theme all for because, the dance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My favorite line though was towards the end when Anna says that we should we should theme the dance for the birth of the newborn Christ. That <laughs> they the dance to celebrate. Right. Well, <laughs> well, another and another thing too is that I feel like she would have said something like, Hey, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot and I really feel like, but instead she throws it at them like, no, 
No, I've always said that it should, you know, like you have to let your friends know when you're like going through some changes in your life. Yeah. Well, no one talks like a human in this movie. No. No. Wait, what? Well, well, I will say then there's a scene where she's like, no, it should be about Jesus. And her friend is like, you're a bad friend. You're selfish and you're mean and you treat us terribly. But the movie keeps like panning in on Anna, like getting worked up. And I think I think they want you to be like. No, Anna. Poor, but I'm saying like, yeah, her friend yeah. is right. You're a terrible person. Consequence. Yeah. 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 Deal with your. And we see, we see that their, the parents' assistant gets fired for also just like again not doing her job well. She can't like, do, yeah. And listen, I, as an administrative assistant myself, oh. people do ask ridiculous things of you from time to time. I'm not saying that. That's necessarily. I'm just saying in, in general but she like like literally they gave her these new rules and it's like it's presumably days later she's like oh i'm sorry oh i'm sorry i'll I'll do that next time i'll do that next time and it's like well you've been working here for a long time so like right yeah they gave her your job like they gave her 10 rules 10 commandments if you will yeah not a a book you know like a piece of paper and it's sitting right there at her desk at a law office dressed professionally Oh, I can't wear sneakers here. Wait, like, wait, wait. You know what I just remembered? The scene where she's like, oh, no, I accidentally emailed all of your parents' personal information to their competitors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that, that would be, for me, that'd be grounds for immediate termination. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I don't care if you wrote the movie. Yeah, you're not, your acting's awful. Oh, it's, okay. I'm sorry. That was so hard. It's wow, so Anna. bad. Wow. I oh, hope man. she's not listening to this. Yes, Grace is unplugged today on the microphone. Yes. <laughs> my wish for Christmas is that this movie didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my letterbox review, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. No, well, yeah, she she's incompetent at doing her job. And then, like, I'm just going to jump to the next thing. But then it turns out she's a painter and is applying for a job at an art gallery. Right. So so again, it goes back to my thing. The message of the movie seems to be, hey, salvation isn't for everybody. It's like, well, yeah. thank God that like her parents stopped believing and fired her because now she could do what she wants. I'm and like, she literally says that. She says, I wouldn't have been available to take this position if I was still working for your parents. Yeah, right. which... And again, I understand that they're trying to throw in the all things work together for good plot line. I get that. (laughs) But the problem is it's because her parents, everything gets better because her parents lose their salvation. Yeah. Yeah. Except their eternal damnation. Who's who's on the parents' side? Yeah. Who's on their side? (laughs) Not Jesus. Oh, well, well then, then there's also the, the thing of like, yeah, atheist or non-Christian parents, they don't care because there's a scene where boyfriend Colton shows up and he's like, what time should I have her back? And he goes, school starts at 8 a.m.? No, parent. No. No, That's so unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what? Please have sex for many hours. Right. (laughs) Right. Enjoy my daughter, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, that's basically what it was. Here's a sleeve of condoms and some cigarettes. (laughs) Have fun, kids. Is this enough? (laughs) For the next 12 hours mm. well but then all of us yeah so well the inciting incident of anna not liking the 
the inciting incident of Anna not liking this anymore is the secretary getting fired. And then her parents are like, so you want to go get that new uh, convertible? <laughs> like sports car? Like, yeah, I'd be like, okay. That's yes. on sale. Did you notice this sales yeah. sticker yeah, that was hanging sale. from the, the car? Might be- Listen, this might speak more about me than anything else. But, like, if I saw my parents, like, murder someone in cold blood, and then they looked at me and said, want to go get a convertible? I'd be like, I didn't see nothing. Let's go. <laughs> I, think, I think this does say something about you. <laughs> let's, let's go. But, but that's, that's when she decides, oh, I don't like this, and goes to her uncle again, and he's like, Some, you can't make anyone believe. And I was like, yeah. Sure, yeah, you can just true. be the example. But then she proceeds to get out her children's Bible and just place it at the foot of her parents' bed, just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. The laziest, you know, <laughs> leading to the Lord I've ever seen. I'm going to put a Bible out. See what happens. Yeah. See what happens. And then the scene with the parents where either of them were like, I can't touch it, you touch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like my skin will burst into flames. It's on our bed. <laughs> oh, get it out of here! <laughs> but but again the the last the last straw for for anna is that now colton and his family they are getting evicted tomorrow yeah tomorrow which if you know anything about the system i feel like yeah. you don't have to know a lot yeah they got it, that notice a long, a long time ago time. yeah was it 90 days to like vacate the premise it's like one of their closest friends. Their closest friends is a lawyer. The yeah. second you hear something, hey, hey, do you think you can help me out with this? That sounds like some worldly thinking and not the way of faith, which is God <laughs> is going to give me the money that's, to pay the mortgage. That's irresponsible. That's but, what this movie is teaching. Well, <laughs> especially when your friend runs a law firm that's like does everything for free. That's called yeah. bringing light to the law. The first people I'm going to call, it's them. And, yeah. Well, then she goes and she talks to her boyfriend and she's like, why didn't you tell me that you're getting evicted? And he's like, I didn't want to lose you. Too. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to lose you, too. And then they Which, break up. Okay. Carnation's not <laughs> yeah. good enough for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which I'm, this guy was so boring that I was like, OK, he's out of the yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. A yeah. zombie yeah. the entire movie. Yeah. But but then she's she's at school with her friends and. <laughs> And the girl from earlier is sitting by, which, listen, like, I wouldn't put it past the movie if they wanted to, like, make this other girl look like, you know, a stereotypical, like, oh, she's a nerd, she's a this. She just looks like a very normal Normal. girl. So normal. Yeah. And, like, she's sitting by herself (laughs) at lunch, and these girls are like, oh, she's about to get splat bombed. I was like, what even is that? (laughs) <laughs> the only way that they'll stop it is if we're sitting at the table too yeah and then Anna's like huh and goes over and there's a shot where like the guys were going to and they're like oh no <laughs> <laughs> better not we better not yeah I was like why not I because listen <laughs> I, there now because <laughs> in 20 in real life 2016 I feel like the guys who throw who are still throwing like you know spitballs and stuff I feel like they don't care about the popular <laughs> girls at school it's not like 
a thing cool this, kids this do is anymore. High school, right? Yeah. It's high school. Yeah, it's like the weirdo dudes who are sitting there and they're like, I don't like girls. I don't. I'm glad I don't have friends. It's like those kids, not like, oh shoot, someone it's popped. It's not I like stop. Chad Michael Murray, right? Yeah. Right. Like, right. Oh no, I'm not gonna be able to go with Anna. You know. Yeah. <laughs> No. Yeah. Well, and after all that, Anna's just sitting on uh, Bill Engvall's bed at the bench. Oh. And he kicks her out. Anna, that sounded so bad. Just the way that I know I did. I know it was, it was really bad. <laughs> he sleeps on a bench. That's what we're. <laughs> he calls her princess, and he, he says, brings Come the money in bench. an open tin, <laughs> <laughs> and he convinces her to go to the ball, right? Yeah, After sure. she buys him like a like a suit top, and oh yeah, yeah, pizza. yeah, some terrible pizza. So she go she goes to the Christmas ball where her parents are chap. Well, that's the thing. Are her parents chap? Because again, it's not a school thought, ball though. It's a town. Well, because initially when they when we thought it was the school ball, and they're like, it's been moved to Christmas Eve. I was like, no one will go. Right. No right. one will go. And then we're like, it's the towns. So I was like, oh. oh Sure. Which is odd because they're planning the ball during school in most of the scenes. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to get into it, but if it's she, not a school event, why? She just wants to be the next Leslie Nope. That's her That's her dream. <laughs> Plus, um, who needs it? I'm planning a ball. <laughs> yeah. Well, then. And she can't yeah. wait to give her speech. Yeah, yeah. Which her speech, she was like, I used to be the princess, but now I realize I'm the queen. I'm the daughter. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then, and in this town event, invites the entire town to church. Well, well, Hannah, Hannah. What? You've you've skipped over some of the some of the movie. She goes. There is too much happening to remember. You can't blame me. (laughs) Well, she shows up and, and is all alone. And then she sees Colton is with some new girl, but she's like, she's like, mind if I cut in and is dancing with him. And then she gets crowned queen and she shows up and then she does her whole, she starts her speech and she's like, you know, this day didn't go as I planned. Just like Mary's life didn't go the way she planned it either. And uh, now just like that star led everyone to Bethlehem, I'm going to lead everyone to church, to church. And then Thank she you, walks out and sure. goes to church. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you would think that everyone else would be like, that was weird. Well, you know, there's a band <laughs> here. There's live music. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. let's yeah. keep I, going. I'm here already. I bought clothes for this. Yeah. You know? Got <laughs> a cup of punch. Yeah. Yep. But then she takes her starlight from home that goes over her nativity set in the middle of service, in the middle of Oh Holy Night, which I would say is the penultimate number of any Christmas cantata, is yes. like the time, like, sit down and shut up and take it in, right? Yes, yes. She brings her star up in the middle and just puts it on their manger scene and sits down, and who should appear but everyone from the dance? Oh, Bill Ingvall's there. Yes. Bing- oh, Jesus. yeah, Bill Ingvall's All there. All cleaned up. And he's All cleaned princess. up. Yes. Hey, princess, what's up? Hey, you want to sit by me? Yes. No. Well, then, then she show, then she shows up. Everyone who's been going to church the whole movie, by the way, like, yeah, it was like everyone who shows up. We've seen in church scenes before. They all come to the party. 
and then her boyfriend and her dad sits with her but then who shows up but her parents and joey lawrence comes in he goes i cannot believe i went back on my word i'm gonna uphold my word be the man of honor that i promised you to be and i will help you get your house back and they shake hands and then the movie's over yep yeah it was wrong of me to represent a business for <laughs> a legit legal claim yeah. and you didn't pay your mortgage that was wrong of me yeah my bad yeah the, and then the movie ends where it says hashtag wish for christmas uh, which is how all these pure flicks movies end by the way like with the hashtag, hashtag the god's movie. not dead yeah, yeah it's funny that the movie takes such a critical stance at the hashtags when the kids mm-hmm. are doing it but they sure love to encourage the christians to hashtag yeah <sighs> Woof. So, what did we think of this movie, Hannah? Am I first? Was it better or worse than you were expecting? I mean, I didn't really have high expectations. Sure. Um, yeah. I I would say worse because I don't think that what the parents did as like not religious was really bad. Like, there were a couple things that was like, okay, that's unrealistic. But then, like for the most part, I was like, none of this is really bad. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So I think it was worse in the sense of like, what, what point are you trying to, your point is nothing. Like, yeah, there is no point here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 I mean, to quote Mitch, when he was quoting scripture, I wish the movie was one or the other because it's just, it's kind of lukewarm because it yeah. doesn't. Yes. The only kind of cogent point that it makes is salvation isn't for everyone. And like, I know that's not their intent. I'm sure that's not their intent, but that's that's what I took. That's what I took away from the movie. Like these parents lost their salvation and like things really worked out for some people. So, so I don't know. And, and I think like, I, I don't know, like I wish the movie had gone like, so far the because there's no good version of this movie like realistically there's like so i just wish it had gone to like the dad doesn't he becomes like you know like he has a gun and he's like shooting people and he's like you know like and he's like setting houses on fire or something when he's not a christian so that you're like oh dad's pretty bad huh like i wish i wish that's where they'd gone with it or like or even like he starts like reading Harry Potter and they're like, no, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things I'm like, I like make a decision movie because I, yeah. I don't know, like it feels like they want something that's inoffensive enough that like some, some Randy would watch it on TV and be like, oh, that was pretty good. I, again, I just don't, I'm not sure who the audience is for this movie. Yeah. yeah, it's very middling, and none of the dialogue is anything yeah. is substantial in any way yep. at all. Or reflected yeah. anything that would be said by human beings. At yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> and the parents just got nicer to her. Yeah. Yep. Like, if anything, it's like, treat your kids a little bit better, huh? Yeah, maybe be a better parent. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. just so overlong. That's my big thing. It's yeah. just, it could have been 45 minutes. It felt like they were trying to meet a time. Yeah. yeah no, it did. It did. Yeah. And, and like, I can't believe, sorry, I can't believe no, I say no, this, go. but where was Bill Engball? Like, <laughs> I don't, like, he's not my cup of tea. No. But I mean, it maybe would have done something. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. showed up once in a while and was weirdly flirting with a teenager. Like I thought, like maybe he would be in the movies in some way. Other than that, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Well, like, what is, what is, it's very clear that, like, there's this very subtle, it's clear to me that there is a subtle, (laughs) that didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They've tried to, like, force in two kind of themes in the same movie, because there's also this sense of, like, oh, but no one treats Christmas for Jesus anymore, this war Mm -hmm. on Christmas. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what is the war on Christmas that some people like don't celebrate that some people celebrate Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or right. don't, don't celebrate Christmas because they just mm. not a holiday they like or like just celebrate Christmas as like a commercial holiday and not necessarily a religious holiday like that's the point your movie is making is that it's fine like yeah. <laughs> and honestly thing, it, it seems is like fine. most of the people in the town do celebrate Christmas and yeah. go to that yeah. one church I just maybe don't want to go to the Christmas Eve service I'll see you next Sunday like yeah. there's yeah. a dance tonight yeah. you yeah. know yeah <laughs> Well, I just realized the good version of this movie is the first se- is the Huey, Dewey, and Louie segment of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, yes. where like they wish that it was Christmas every single day, and yes. it seems pretty awesome. But then, like after a while, they're like, "Oh, a little change up is nice in life," yeah. and you know, yeah. like it's special because it's just this one day. Like short, quick. To yeah. the point, right? And I tell you why that movie really works too. Yes. Um, it's not Yahweh who is making the wish come true. It's magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. There are just so many believers who have this fervent like desire for the people in their lives to know Jesus, right? The idea this movie presents of like, if I just kind of like said to God one day, like, take away their salvation. Like, it's just like so insulting to me yeah. <laughs> right like and i think like the secretary makes a comment too like god works in mysterious ways are you saying of the mysterious ways is, that god I just, just takes the salvation of the people yeah mysterious that. indeed well folks it's about that time where we're going to use our manners just like when they offered you more fruit cake at uh your church's christmas eve service when I uh, ask you if you're going to be wishing for Christmas, uh, I'd like for you to give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. So, um, Olivia got yes. got so much fruitcake here, and uh, we don't want it to go to waste. Don't let the night escape without having some. Would you like some? Here's the thing about fruitcake, right? It's consistent. It's consistently bad. Yeah. And it's, it's always stale. And that's how this movie made me feel. Um, so I'm going to go real confidently and say, uh, no, thank you. I'm going to have the, the really delicious peanut butter cookie with the Hershey's kiss on top. Well, Hannah, uh, that's going to be a no for, uh, Mrs. Dupree. Would you like some? No. (laughs) I I thought you were done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is something I feel like I'm thinking about following up this movie and it's something i feel like has just been a theme my in my faith the past couple years is like like christians and and non can coexist and everything will be well and i think we don't have to in fact we shouldn't i would say it's unbiblical to force christianity upon other people and that if anyone comes to know the lord it's from the holy spirit 
We can show examples by our love and just being a loving person, not by being someone that forces religion on other people. And that's just like watching this movie, I feel like almost makes a case for like, look how we can coexist and everything's fine <laughs> with the parents and the daughter. Like, like I feel like it kind of makes a case for that. And yeah, just in the midst of like, you know, hearing my own like people that I've been around with, like talking about just bringing this season back to its roots and it's like it's just like just let people enjoy the holidays they want to celebrate well uh mitch you know there's really a lot of fruitcake and uh i can even get you some tupperware to take a little bit home if you'd like some uh would you like some see what you're doing is trying to guilt me into something bad (laughs) which is what the movie did it tried to guilt me into taking something bad. And what you're offering me actually isn't fruitcake in this analogy. It looks like fruitcake. It looks like a Christian movie. But it's really a big piece uh, of poison because its <laughs> premise <laughs> its premise is God wants to take away people's salvation. So, um, no, it's not fruitcake. You're a liar. I see. And I've seen through it. Yeah, it's smelling like beef and cheese. Not for me. <laughs> So I guess I have it, and, you know, it's a no, and I'm going to throw it in the trash. But as I'm walking there, I notice that the Sunday school room, everyone has colored on the walls and made a big mess. And that's what I would like in this movie, too, because I'm looking at everything else we've done on Godfellas in Season 3. And, you know, I can kind of break down everything even like the movies that we watched that weren't that great i can at least like tell what the message is you know christian mingle is don't lie about your faith you you know like things like that prayer war room you need to pray a little bit more left behind the message is very overt there so it's like (laughs) i I might not like it christ is coming yes (laughs) it's i might not like it but at least i can understand what you're trying to say and i can either like go like with war room like i don't like the movie but like yeah we should pray a little bit more sure like i can get on board with that whatever yeah or like left behind. I'm like, no, thank you. Not at all. This one, I don't know what they're trying to say. I don't know them. So it's kind of hard for me to just like dismiss it. Cause I'm like, I don't know. Should I be discouraging other people from watching this? Cause like, you know, there's part of me, some of these movies, like, again, do you believe I get it? If you want to put it on for your church group, it's not the worst. This is one. I was like, I don't know what, are people going to take from this? Because I don't know. Like, there could be potentially harmful messaging that people take from this. There's, I don't know. It's just, it's a disaster. And that's, and that's the thing. It's not from a craft standpoint. It's not the worst movie that we've watched, but I will say it is the most confusing in what it's trying to say. And because of that, it ends up not saying anything. And because it doesn't say anything, its audience could take away from it whatever they want. And that's perhaps the worst thing of all. Sounds like they all hated this wish. But we all love music and a great playlist. Well, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the Christmas special. Maybe everyone's favorite segment of all the Godfellas episodes. Oh. I don't know. Maybe. The pressure is high. It's between this and my games. So maybe maybe this outweighs my, my game planning. 
we are here to do the Christmas playlist. We are adding to our current playlist that we have, uh, which is linked in the show notes. So you get to listen to all the Christmas music all throughout December. Well, we are joined by two, two regular guests. You know them, you love them. Uh, first, we have from your favorite secondhand film critics, Kayla. Yes, yeah! that is me. I am yes. one of the two secondhand film critics. Yes. Kayla. Yeah. <laughs> we also have uh, returning from her appearance on Christian Girl Autumn, we have Natasha. Hey. <laughs> and. Hey, guys. Hello. How's it going? Hello, Hello. sorry. I'm, I'm being so awkward this time. Here we go. Hi guys. How how are you? Good. We're good. We're I, I'm just assuming. Uh, we're all <laughs> we're all good. And we are gonna be going through, we've each picked three songs for the playlist. We're gonna go through, we're gonna listen to a little bit, we're gonna discuss, and then we're gonna vote. Uh, you're either gonna vote a yes or a no. Everyone gets one veto, which is a veto yes or a veto no. You only get one for the entire time. So use it wisely. Oh, no. I know. Wow. It's tough. I would say, I mean, (laughs) no one's picked like that one rapper that Zach always picks. So like, I I don't know if the veto is going to be necessary in this case. I think there's only like two songs that I would consider vetoing, like Christmas songs that I know. I had one specifically i i have one there's one specific christmas song that i hate and i don't think anyone here would choose it but i keep it in my back pocket i'll keep it in my back pocket for a veto if i need it okay Ooh. if it doesn't make it i want to know what it is at the end i i will share i have a like (laughs) a vitriol of hatred for it so i will i I wonder if it's the same one i hate it could be because i hate something i hate a certain christmas song a lot and i even hate spins on it when they try to like change it up i'm like why are we it's just a bad song let's just stop singing it i wonder if either of these songs have made the christmas (laughs) no-go segment for this year which i haven't heard yet because i wasn't on it it's going to be great if this all ties together. Zach's going to have a blast <laughs> editing this. Um, all right. Well, I think if we're all ready, um, and if we get, since we are an odd number, I would say pretty simple. Two yeses, it makes the pod. Two no's, it doesn't. Perfect. So, all right. <laughs> all right. Let's begin. We're going to start with, oh, hold on. Whoops, I got to share my audio. You got it, Hannah. All right, we're going to start with Natasha's first pick. This is Natasha's first pick. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three grand checks, two turtle doves and a all right, 12 Days of Christmas, classic Christmas song. Natasha, why'd you pick this one? I mean, Reliant K, if they can do anything, they can do bringing kind of like that rock feel to Christian music. Um, 
And as a teen in, you know, in a, in a church, in a Christian church, I loved like something different. The same boring thing was like so much. So when Reliant K, like Reliant K music, I was just really into. So they were a song, 12 Days of Christmas. They totally uh, kill it and I love it. So that's why I chose it. Yeah. Kayla, what do you think? <laughs> Love it. I'm so <laughs> here for it. I picked a song from the Reliant K Christmas album, too. Um, it's a great album. So many mm-hmm. bangers. Yeah. And, uh, 12 Days of Christmas, I-, I sometimes get hung up on just because it's so long. Yeah. yeah. Just like by the time. But I feel like they do it fast enough that it isn't as bad. You know what I mean? Like, I agree. Like, yes. Yeah, normally I don't love that song because it is like very repetitive. But the way they do it, it it like completely ties together. Like it, it feels like an actual like song that like you can vibe with. I also yeah. think if you're playing this at like a youth group or like a party, it's a good one to do because people like sing along to it mm-hmm. and yeah. get excited about it. You know the words, and you can. It's a fun one to get people interactive split up into groups. I think it works. So like the prompt of this pop, like this playlist every year is like Christmas fellowship hall party or in pastor Jimmy's church, which I believe that he actually does play this playlist at Christmas time. So <laughs> think of Jimmy's church. And <laughs> I think, yeah, I agree. I think that this is a fast enough version where I'm not going to get too tired of it um, as much as I would any other version. And it rocks. I mean, am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Yeah. It, it rocks. rocks. It rocks. It totally rocks. All right. So it's a yes for me. I, yeah. Yes for me. <clears throat> um, I put it down. So. Yes. You can, yes. All right. So it makes the, it makes the playlist. You play can look. assume the yes. Unanimous yeses for Reliant K. Love yes. that. All right. This is Kayla's first pick. Yes. I'm going to put this on my playlist. Yeah, so this is Christmas Party by Dr. Dog. And I felt like we needed a song on the list that was, like, upbeat. But obviously, it has to be, like, clean for the church mm-hmm. fellowship party. And right. I felt like we needed one on it that was not all, like, too religious-y. You know, because I feel like a lot of Christmas songs are just generically fall into a sort of religious category. So I figured this would be a fun one to sort of mix up the playlist a little bit. Yeah, I think instantly I was vibing. Also, as soon as I started playing it, Zach messaged me in the chat. Yes, with like a billion exclamation points. So (laughs) he's on board. (laughs) No, it's great. It's got a great groove to it. It's definitely like um, upbeat enough that I'm 
enjoying it, but also laid back enough that like it can be in the background at a party and I feel like I'm having fun. Like it's got that perfect, yeah, that perfect kind of groove, that in-between groove there. Um, and it's just like, yeah, I think it sounds really good. Like good music. Like Natasha? I love it. I think it's super funky. You know what it reminds me of, which I was thinking? Um, it reminds me, like, I think it would be on one of those, like, um, mixtapes from the movie um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. be on what, like, if they made a Christmas, if it was a Christmas one that he had on his Guardians of the Galaxy little um, mixtape, I feel like this would be because the funk, you know, the funk behind the song. I love it. That's a yes for me. Yeah, it's a yes for me, too. Wow. So far, we're going real strong here. We're going real strong. And Natasha, uh, not to plug it, there is a, if you're interested, there's a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Do they have a holiday special? Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Oh. I mean, it's really short. Like, I mean, well, it's like 30 minutes, I think. But (laughs) you mentioned it. They should have. They should have used a song on it. They should have. Yeah, I feel like it would have fit. It would have fit. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right, here is my first pick. for Christmas. This is by Lake Street Dive. Um, oh, good. Great. Love it. Love, love the group. And love, you know, actually, the person who introduced me to this song was my dad. Wow. My dad of all people. Really? Oh, yeah. He makes his own. Um, please follow Bill Furman's holiday playlist on Spotify. Uh, I 100% am following right now. Yeah. He loves finding unique like 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 he wants to find every individualistic cover of like it's only like one song each like one one specific song unique cover so I learned this one from a few years ago and it's become like a staple in my Christmas music I just think it's so fun and I love their other music too so it just I think it's a fun upbeat one and it's I feel like it's a song you don't hear as much because I personally don't really like the original of like the little kids singing. Um, so it's nice to take a song I didn't really like and make it something I like. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like every version of this song that I hear is like a child singing it. Mm-hmm. So this is a nice, fresh uh, take on it. It's fun. It's it's groovy. It's got a good uh, like pocket to it. The orchestra the bands the yeah. instruments i'm down with it i love it yeah. um it's a absolutely yes for me thank you for sharing hannah and thank bill Furman. thank you bill Furman, for yes, thank you, bill Furman. this beautiful song mm-hmm. yes. yeah i give it a thumbs up great great look at that we're three for three it's it's almost like when there's no boys on the playlist there's no fighting there's <laughs> I think we're gonna agree 
All right. So it would take a lot for me to vote no on a song. I feel like I literally have one song. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. There are some songs I dislike, but it seems like all of us are pretty creative with the versions and like who's singing. So yeah. I don't know if that's gonna well, we're we're about to get into our next round. Our next all round. Right, let's see it. Here's Natasha's first pick. Oh yeah. <laughs> or second pick are you laughing are you laughing at your pick yeah i'm laughing at my pick because um i picked it purposefully because so many christians are obsessed with the song oh specifically the version i picked so okay are you saying you're not a fan of this song i'm not saying i'm not a fan i'm just saying when i thought you know like christian party blah 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 i thought you know who's obsessed with the song is every Christian I've ever met. Oh no, I'm stressed now. Maybe this is the song I hate. Maybe this is it. But it's the version too. It's not bad. The version and the band that's singing it is good, but I'm just saying that I like them, but I'm just saying like, it's very stereotypical. That's how I feel, but. Yeah, all right. I'm stressed now. Here we go. <laughs> Mary, did you know? <laughs> he messaged me, Zach Smith has left the channel. <laughs> Yeah, I'm vetoing this one. I did this one on purpose. You know, I hate this song. Is this your song? (laughs) It is. This is the one. This is my veto. This is it. This Uh, is the one. Every time. I want it to really hit someone. Hit with a with a veto. Um, since this is not an explicit podcast, I will not go on a um cussing rant about this. (laughs) I mean, you could. Go ahead. We'll you out. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> this song just makes me so mad. I I have had conversations with people about this song more times than I can count because I'm like, she knew. God told Mary <laughs> that Jesus was gonna be the Messiah. Yeah. He told her. Right. And then it's just like, but the whole thing is like, Mary, did you know? Do you feel like it's like uh, you feel like evangelicals are like super weird about pentatonics? I feel like they is that they a, love that, yes yeah that which a is weird very like, strange considering multiple uh, members of pentatonics are a part of the LGBTQ community. But yes, yeah. But I just yeah. feel like I remember yes. growing up people being obsessed with them. Uh huh. And especially this song during, and it was like the video, the like music video with them and, doing Yeah, and share the video. I yeah, totally yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yes, I hate this song. And anytime it would be played in a church service growing up, like on the candlelight Christmas Eve service, yeah. and someone would dress up as Mary and hold a baby and sit on the stage and there would be like a Joseph and then the pastor, the worship guy would be singing this. And it was like, 
for one, it feels very weird for men to like sing this song because yep. I feel like they're just mansplaining You're baby like, Jesus yes. to Mary. And I'm like, Mary. <laughs> Mary is the one who birthed baby Jesus. God told her she knew, like, stop telling Mary about her life and her son. Like, it just makes me really mad. <laughs> yeah. Well, where were we? We were, we were, or maybe Zach and I were watching something. And something was being talked about how Mary was afraid. And it's like, no, she, she literally sings like literally in scripture. It's like, she, she hears the news verses upon verses of Mary's song. That's like, I will exalt the Lord. I am so excited. I will and give Joseph, you all yeah. the praise. Yeah. And Joseph was no. the one who was like, wait a second, what's going on? And Joseph you're absolutely right. Kayla. Questions. And Mary was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. He Mary knew. Like, or she knew. Mary like, the argument I always get to that it's like well she didn't know everything and it's like she didn't need to though because God yeah. told her that Jesus was going to be the Messiah and that was enough for her to yes. like yeah. Yeah. the baby and so it just the song I 100% veto right as soon as I heard the first note I was like yep it's yeah. no, I really did <clears throat> I really did put this one in on purpose because when when they said like the prompt was kind of like Christian party or whatever you're so I'm right thinking, though you are I mean yeah. you're spot For on some like, reason this, is, this exact song just is like uh, it is it's it, uh, an evangelical uh staple and yeah, sure like Christmas anthem and yes. I mean we've been very clear on this podcast how we feel about Mark Lowry <laughs> <laughs> and so ah. very clear last Christmas special about how they feel about pentatonics. <laughs> so it just is not. <laughs> I just want to say this is not related. Um, I watched pentatonics when they were on the acapella show. Oh, the name yeah. that I'm not remembering the name of. Oh, yeah. That was their first breakout. And so I was the pentatonics fan before they were like big. It's called um I don't remember what it's called. It's 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 some a cappella show that like had like one or two seasons, but they were on that and I was a big fan of them on that and then like they blew up and I, then they weren't I didn't like them anymore, but I was like I'm going to say oh. I know you're vetoing so we don't get to say right because a veto is like cut, cut yeah, it's out. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say no anyway, but Oh, I, well, I was also going to say no. So it really just aligned perfectly. Um, and our sources, um, our behind the scenes uh, sources say that the show is called The Sing Off. Yes. Yes, that was it. So right. Thank you, Zach, um, for Googling that. Okay. So this is Kayla's next pick. Very good. Second Reliant K, 
Pick of the Night. Oh yeah. my gosh. And there were other Reliant K songs on the playlist already, too, because I checked. No, I saw that as well. I just feel like this album is so good. The Reliant uh, K Christmas album is like... And Reliant K just slaps in general. I feel right. like everyone can agree that Reliant K is like the one of the ultimate bands coming out of like the 2000s christian youth group scene oh yeah yeah and one of the few there will be a sneak peek of the other one that's still one of the only like christian bands i will still listen to um and this song is one of my favorite christmas songs so that's why i picked this one very yeah i love it i think it's a great take on a classic this song specifically has made me cry since like it's never made me cry until 2020 when it was like through the years we've all uh oh. we'll all be together if the fates allow until then we'll have to like muddle through somehow and i'm just like yeah we will be together one day like it, yeah it can be a very sad song <laughs> um but no i love the cover i yeah it's a yes for me for sure um relying k is always a yes for me so amen i'm well, down our second pick of the night, but this is our third Reliant K song on the playlist. So, people, if you're not listening to Reliant K, I I would you're say doing this is it wrong. <laughs> that you should. Okay, this is my this is my second pick. All right. collective um i chose it this is their first christmas album um i personally love that with this album they like all their christmas covers have had such great instrument use in the songs lots of bells lots of different types i think well the banjo guitars all that so i listen to this and i'm like i love the instrumentation on the song which is part of why i picked it also you know fitting for the season but yeah i love ren collective um myself like when i was growing up in the evangelical movement um ren collective was one of i i just felt like they were a little different not like to an extreme right um but i felt like they <clears throat> brought like kind of like a folky vibe that I just really enjoyed. So um, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a yes for me. Yeah, I give it a yes. I used to be a big Ren Collective fan. I haven't really listened to them as of recent because it just is hard to listen to them now. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did love them a lot. And I like, like you said, the instrumentation. One thing I've always liked about them, which was clear in this too, is the way they use the kick drum is yeah. it's so like boom, 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 boom. And I 
feel like this is the perfect song to like really make the hits. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love a good take. I love I love a good take on an old Christmas song. Yeah, I do too. So I have major thumbs up to Rend Collective. Well, we're not done with them yet. Oh, because we have a second Rend Collective pick from Natasha for her third pick. No way. That is crazy. (laughs) This whole thing is like, apart from like one or two, I feel like this whole playlist is just like throwbacks to our our, like like favorite (laughs) bands from those days. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay, go ahead. This is personally love that song it's one of my favorite um hymns because um that's always the song at the christmas eve service specifically where i grew up at montclair citadel in the salvation army was silent night everyone would that would be the song with the you know with the The candles that was your candle song that was our candle song turn off all the lights sing silent night and so that song really like i love it and uh Ren Collective spin on it or whatever. It gives that kind of like folky. I feel like I'm in the woods and it's snowy outside and there's a fire and you're yeah. all around it and the snow's falling and you're like, wow, what a beautiful night. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly that a great picture. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, I, I think Silent Night, I don't know. I was listening to a different version um, today in the car, actually, just like not that long ago. And I was thinking how like genius of a melody this was that I was like, man, I wish like this almost wasn't a Christmas song so that it could be like more year round because the melody mm. is like so good and perfect. Um, great song. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love the take on it. It's kind of spooky, which I kind of like. Mm, um, yeah, I like I think it's great. great. Cool. Yeah, I give it a yes. Thumbs up. I have no complaints. All right. Well, we're on to, we're, we're almost there. We got two more. Um, right. <laughs> on to Kayla's third. This is a little out of left field here, um, but we'll, we'll see. 
Okay. This is California Christmas by Switchfoot. Okay, okay, this is crazy. I need Zach to hear this because I was looking through Christmas songs today and stumbled across this. And I was like, huh, this is crazy. I've never heard this before. I didn't like, because Switchfoot hasn't ever really done Christmas stuff. It's new. It came out this year. They put out a Christmas album and it slaps. And I had no, I like, I follow John Foreman because I love John Foreman, Mm -hmm. but I don't really like keep up Switchfoot because I haven't liked a lot of their newer like content. Um, But then I listened to this album and I was like, Oh my gosh, it felt so surreal because it actually like sounded like old Switchfoot. And this song was the first um, like song on it, like the original song that they did for it. And I thought it was so good because I was like, their album name is called This Is Our Christmas Album. Amazing. (laughs) Yeah, but it's this album is so good. I almost picked a different song from the album, but it was like too depressing. And so I was like, I feel like that wouldn't that would be too much for this little Christmas shindig. But I felt like this one was perfect because it's got the vibes, but it's also different because it's like about California and like celebrating Christmas in California. And so I was like, I don't know, it's kind of fun. It is fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, Zach literally said, if they say no, I'm coming on to do my veto. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I think it's great. It's super fun. Um, I I don't think it matters that it's California. I think we can all still enjoy it. So. Yeah, because it still feels Christmassy, even if it's like, and it's got some clever lyrics. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I don't know what it's like to have a California Christmas personally, so I don't know if it's accurate, but. Yeah, I mean, I've always been on the East Coast. Yeah, so East Coast, West Coast, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I have no clue, but I'm assuming it is just as fun as the song is. So it's going to be a yes for me. Great. Yes. Yeah. Yes, for me. Great. Wow. Look at that. What an agreeable time we've had. Doing so well. <laughs> I don't know how we'll do on this last one. Not in a bad way, but I just, I can't get a read on how we'll respond to it. Okay. I chose this. I was looking for another song. This, I kind of chose this as a joke originally. And I was okay. looking for another song and I wasn't, I didn't find another one that I liked. And so I, I love this one. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. Okay, I'm um, ready. All right, here we go. Joy to the world. The Christmas Queen herself. We'll get through the sad part.
World by Mariah Carey. Great. I love it. It's upbeat. It's on now. I'm not a hater of Mariah Carey. I know a lot of people are like, oh, for Christmas, it's too much. Like, all I want for Christmas is you is like. Great song. I love that song. Great song. But I love that song. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, this goes hard. I feel like this is like a gospel rendition almost. Like, I could picture like a a good church choir not like a normal church choir that doesn't marry did you know but like a a a real church choir that like gets into the clapping and everyone's standing up and they're like yeah let's go i could see this being that version it's like the vibes i get from it it's it's the same vibes as joyful joyful from sister act two in my mind okay yeah yeah yeah, it totally has that vibe to it that's how i view it Okay. In my mind. I love a good gospel. So I'm gonna give yeah. that a yeah, uh thumbs up hundred percent. Great great pick. Thank you. I great. So we got eight eight out of nine songs. Yeah, we did. We did add a new record. That I, was, chose, I feel like that was pretty good. Yeah, I feel like that was good too. I yeah, chose that one too. song on purpose. I you did. We so believe you. I believe you. Stop you said it before, yeah, so <laughs> no, I believe you. I do. All right. Well, um, all right. Bye. <laughs> <Mary> <laughs> this hey, friends, thank you for joining us for another season of Godfellas. We've released a lot of content this year, and we're very proud of it, and we're excited to bring you even more content in the new year. We hope that you have an absolutely amazing holiday, and we'll see you next time.